Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. This is the fourth week of our series called The Easter Door from Pastor Josh Finkley. Enjoy the message. Today is all about meeting Jesus. That, that's what the whole day is about, is we just want to meet Jesus. And we don't have to ask Jesus to show up in this place. Let's make sure we know that. Jesus is here, okay? Like, we don't have to say, Jesus, please come. We're begging you. Like, like we don't have to do that. He's here. The only question is, are you meeting with him? That's the question. Are you meeting with him? Um, like, 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 if I could say it this way, like, today, are you willing to define the relationship? That, that's what I want us to do. Is I, I just want us to, to define the relationship with Jesus and decide where it is. Like, we're going to reject him or we're going to receive him and respond to him. And, and I think y'all would agree that... Um, the, the, what we want is uh, re- to receive him and to respond to him, not to reject, right? I mean, that's why, that's why we're doing what we're doing. It's why I'm preaching. It's why you're here is you're thinking about it. So, so I'm just going to go ahead and start preaching. You can sit down if you want. And, and, and I, want you to, I want you to have this moment where you define the relationship. Anybody here ever had a define the relationship conversation? You're like, I don't know if I want to admit it. Michelle, did you and Gabe ever have a define the relationship conversation? Oh, yeah. Like, like, right? Like, it happens. It's part of dating. It's part of, of what we do. We, we define the relationship. That, that it naturally happens. That, that some of you are single right now, and you're like, I wish there was somebody I could define the relationship with. Some of you are dating, you're like, we need to have a conversation. Uh, to define the relationship, all it simply means is that, that you're sitting down and you're saying, hey, I want to figure out where we actually are. That, that I want to figure out, like, are we just friends? Uh, are we, is this going somewhere? Is this, is this heading towards towards marriage, like, like, like we have those conversations. And when you have that conversation, it becomes very apparent where the relationship is. For instance, Will Smith, he had a define the relationship moment this week. Like, like all of y'all, you pay attention to news, you know that. Right or wrong, what he did, I'm not even here to discuss that. But I can tell you, on that day, in that, on that stage, he defined the relationship. That he said his relationship with Jada is worth more than his relationship with Chris Rock. He defined the relationship. He got up and he did something about it. I'm actually going to ask you to do, to do the same thing today with Jesus. 
I'm going to ask you to define the relationship. And I know some of you are like, what, smacking? <laughs> no. Although I do think some of us, that's what we do. I think sometimes that's what we do with Jesus. But I am going to ask you to stand up, to step up, and define the relationship. Because Jesus wants to enter into a relationship with each and every one of us. That is what he is offering. So, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. In 25 minutes, I'm going I'm to give you a challenge to define your relationship in, with Jesus. And what I mean by that is for 25 minutes, I'm going to talk. But in 25 minutes, I'm going to give you a challenge to stand up, to get up from your seat, and to define your relationship. For some of you, that's just going to be standing up and praising God, saying, I just want to speak the name of Jesus because I believe. But I really believe that there are some of you here today, some of you watching online, maybe on demand, that I believe that you have never stepped into a relationship with Jesus. I know in a group this size that there's some of you who have never received Jesus as your Savior. You've rejected him in the past, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. But you've never responded to him to receive him. So I'm going to challenge you in 25 minutes to move over to the cross and to say, I want to say yes to Jesus. And I challenge you that way every week, but I don't always say it in a public way. Oftentimes I say, just say a private prayer, but then make sure you go talk to somebody about it. Today, differently. Today, I'm going to challenge you to get up from your seat and to go to the cross. I'm going to challenge some of you who are questioning that relationship, who you're like, I'm just not for sure. I'm going to make it real clear today on how you can have confirmation, how you can have assurance of that relationship with Jesus. Because here's what I believe. All of us want to have a relationship with God. Well, like, I don't think anybody got tricked into being here today. Chances are you didn't get tricked here. Like, chances are you knew I'm going to church. And you might not have God figured out. You might not totally understand what this relationship with Jesus really looks like. But there's probably something on your heart that longs to connect with him. And I want to help us do that. So again, today, it's real simple. Will you reject or will you respond? to the relationship that he offers. Because he is offering a relationship to you and to me, no matter what our life has looked like or what is in our past. And we know that based off the story we're gonna look at today. That, that in this series, all, all we've been doing is just going through the series and, and looking at things that Jesus has said from the cross. And that what we're gonna see him say from the cross today is that you can have a relationship with him. He offers it. All right. So, so let me go there. It's Luke chapter 23. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 20, 23. And if you don't understand Luke, when I say Luke, that is a book in the Bible. Um, but the easiest way for me to say it, it's a biography that a guy named Luke wrote about Jesus back in Jesus' day. Okay. Um, Luke was alive back during the time of Christ. And this is what he said. He said, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. 
to, to make sure we understand that, that this is Jesus being crucified at a place called the skull. Um, interesting, if you look at geography, the place where Jesus was crucified actually looked like a skull. There was some, uh, just a, the topography of the land looked like a skull, so they called it a place of the skull. Maybe you've heard it called Golgotha. Golgotha is just Aramaic for the skull, okay? We've also heard it called Calvary because the hill where this was located is Calvary. So Jesus is on a cross, and next to him are two criminals. Now, to be crucified means that you had to be found guilty of a crime. We talked about this with Jesus uh, over the last couple weeks. He wasn't guilty of a crime. But, but typically, to get crucified means that you have committed some kind of crime. Um, and if you're a Roman soldier, or excuse me, a Roman citizen, it meant that you had committed treason. So you've done something deserving death. That's where we find ourselves. One criminal was all, or, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. It goes on, it says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Like, I, like hear the sarcasm. Picture this guy over here going, so, so you're the Messiah, are you? Well, then, then save yourself. And me too while you're at it. Like he's saying it in sarcasm. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God? For you, are, for you have been sentenced to die. We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. That in that moment, Jesus offered a relationship to a criminal who was hanging on the cross. And he didn't just offer it, he gave him the assurance of it. He said, I assure you today, you get to be with me in paradise, that, that you get to have a relationship with me. And again, I think that's something that, that probably all of us in some form or fashion, we long for that. We want that kind of relationship. And I want you to be able to know today exactly how to receive it and how to respond to it. Like, I don't want you leaving these doors today. I don't want you sitting at home and wondering. I want you to have full assurance, confidence that you can say, man, I know that I have a relationship with Jesus. Well, how do we know that? How do we make sure of that? The, the easiest way is just follow the lead of the criminal. Like, I know normally we don't say follow the lead of a criminal. Like, that's not normal. But this criminal... He gives us a perfect model on how to make sure we have a relationship with Jesus. We'll see it if we look back at it. The first thing you'll see is that he acknowledged God. Look back at the text. It says this. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? Like, like he's saying, I'm at the end of my life. He understood the, the, the frailty of life. He understood that, that he was in uh, the last breaths of his life, the last day of his life. He knew, I'm dying. 
And because of that, there was something in his heart that made him realize, when I'm dead, I'm going to go on and meet somebody else. And if that's the case, I'm going to at least try to end this last chapter of my life in the right manner. So he says, don't you fear God to the other criminal. Like, man, don't you get it? That life is about to end. But he's saying, man, we got to make sure that we understand that there's something that's going to happen and we're going to be judged. I love the way uh, King Solomon said it. He said it this way in a book called the book of Ecclesiastes, which is from the Old Testament part of the Bible. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And when I read that text and I think about it inside of the scene of the crucifixion, I can't help but think about these criminals. That, that one criminal, he doesn't understand why the crucifixion is happening, yet he fears God. The criminal on this side, like, like he's looking and he doesn't understand the plan of God at all. He's mocking Jesus. This criminal is not willing to mock Jesus because he understands, man, I'm at the end of life. I don't understand it, but there's something. And guys, when, when I think about that criminal, I think about this text, I can't help but think about myself. Because there was a point in my life where I didn't know Jesus, I didn't know God, I didn't go to church, nothing. Some of you are like me, that, that you've grown up in your life and, and you didn't, didn't do church, you, you didn't know God, any, anything like that. Maybe you're like me. Here's what I noticed when I was like that. I still had a desire on my heart. There was still something in my heart that wanted to connect with the spiritual. Like I didn't understand God, I didn't know God, but there was something on my heart that, that said there's gotta be more. So I found myself seeking out all kinds of spiritual ways, like, like, like things that were not good. And, and I did it because there was something on my heart. Eternity was woven on my heart. It was planted there by God. That God's saying, hey, you're looking for something. I'm the something you're looking for. Yet at that moment, I didn't realize it. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you've got something on your heart saying, man, I know I want to connect somehow with God. If we understand that, we also maybe understand that one day, I'm also gonna face a judgment of God. Look at how Solomon continued on. He said, here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret, secret thing, whether good or bad. Anybody else willing to admit that this is a scary verse? Are, are, are you with me? Like, 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 let's just make sure we read this. God will judge us for everything we do. That's enough in itself, right? Like, like Peyton, when I read that, like, like that freaks me out a little bit. But then, then notice this, including every secret thing. Anybody ever done something that you thought nobody knew about? Come on, let's admit it. Let's confess it. We've all been there. We've all messed up, right, Chris? Like, like we have done things that, that we thought, well, I'll get away with this. Nobody knows about it. No, God knows. He knows the good things we did. Great. But he knows the bad. So if one day we're going to be judged, I mean, if that's reality, one day we're going to be judged. 
I think this criminal understood that because like, don't you fear God? Like, 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 don't you understand our situation in life? So what did he do? He acknowledged God because he said, if I'm going to be judged by God, then I want to acknowledge God who we call Jesus. I want to acknowledge him because I'm hoping if he's going to judge me for all the things I've done, the good and the bad, well, I want him to know me. And that makes sense. Just curious. Anybody here ever been pulled over by a police officer? All right. You're my people. (laughs) Like that's happened to me a few times. Just a couple. Um, uh, But anyway, um, there has been a couple times when I've gotten pulled over and the police officer walks up and they look in and they're like, hey, Finkley. And I'm like, ah, you know me. And I always feel better in that moment, right? Because there's, there's a little bit of relationship, which means I'm looking for a little bit of grace. Right? Like, 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 I'm hoping, I'm acknowledging that there's maybe a little relationship here. Guys, it's the same way. Like, if we know we're going to be judged, I want to be judged by somebody who knows me and I know them. Well, that starts by acknowledging. But once I acknowledge, I then also have to admit. Because, like, if I knew that police officer... And they're like, Finkley, you you know you're speeding if I went, really? That's a flat lie because I know I was speeding because that's how I live. (laughs) Confession time. But right, like like if if I was like, oh, I I I don't know what you're talking about, right? Like that's not admitting. And as people, we don't like to admit when we've messed up. We don't like to admit when we've sinned. We don't like to admit when we've done something wrong. Proof of this? Ask a parent. Parents, have you ever caught your child doing something wrong and they said, wasn't me? Like you ever caught your child with their hand in the cookie jar and they're like, oh no, I wasn't eating that. Like they got crumbs on their cheeks. Like I remember this happening one time with all of my kids, honestly. But, but I'll pick on Tate today. That, that there was a time when Tate was a child, younger, and we were hanging out at church. It was summertime, and um, we were getting ready for VBS. And, and that year of VBS, we were doing this army theme. So we had a, a lot of camo around and spray paint around that we'd been working on some sets. And, and Tate got a hold of a can of army green spray paint. And he went to the back storage area, kind of loading dock, and, and he happened to, to paint something. It was like a box or something. Honestly, no big deal. But for some reason, while he was doing that, he turned and he saw the telephone hanging on the wall. And he decided to paint the office telephone, like, you know, the one goes through the church buildings, right? Painted it green. I don't know if he's like, I want to camouflage this. I have no clue. But, it, but he painted the whole thing. And then I went to him a little bit later with one of our staff members who ran our tech and IT department. And um, I said, Tate, did you happen to spray paint something today that you weren't supposed to? No. (laughs) 
Tate, walk with me. And we walked into this room, and I said, Tate, you see that phone right there on the wall? Did you happen to spray paint that phone just earlier today? No. (laughs) Pulled out my phone and said, Tate, is this you in the video spray painting the phone? And still... Like, I think I'm caught. Like proof. Still unwilling to admit. Guys, how many times do we do that? And we know we've sinned against God. We know we haven't done everything right. Yet we're unwilling to admit. Well, I've done enough good things. Doesn't that make up for the bad? That's not what it's asking. That's not what the Bible declares. The Bible says, admit that you've sinned. And we'll go back to the criminal on the cross. He understood this. This is what he said. He said, acknowledge, but then admit. He said, we deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Like, think about it. He's saying, look, Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't done done anything deserving of death. He hasn't sinned. He is in right standing. But me and you, we deserve to die. Look at this. He doesn't even excuse his wrongdoing. He doesn't say, you know what? You you know you and I both messed up. Like, we should have got a slap on a wrist, or we should have got a fine. We shouldn't die on a cross, but let's admit we still did mess up. No, he doesn't excuse it. He doesn't minimize it. He doesn't erase it. He says, we deserve to die. He admitted his sin. And guys, if you want a relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is acknowledge and then admit. And when you admit... He forgives. When we don't admit, we're liars. And we call God a liar. Look at this verse. John wrote this. He said, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Like we're just fooling ourselves. Don't lie to yourself. Come clean. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are only calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. That we're saying, I don't want a relationship with him. So, so don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to God. Just simply admit it. Because when we admit it, we can actually move on to the third thing and then we can ask to be remembered. We can ask to be forgiven. And again, that's what we see in the criminal, that that he acknowledged Jesus, he acknowledged God, and he acknowledged a fear of God. He admitted that he was a sinner, but then he asked. Look at what he said to Jesus. He said, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, will, will you simply remember me? And when I read that, I think, how crazy of a request is this? I mean, 
This guy is hanging on a cross, about to die, and he looks at another guy, Jesus, who's hanging on a cross, beaten, bloodied, within minutes, inches of his life, and he says, hey, will you save me? I've said this before at church before, but, but that would be like being out in the ocean with one other person and both of you drowning. And as you're both drowning, looking at them saying, hey, will you save me? Like, it, like it, it seems crazy. But the guy understood. I just need to speak the name of Jesus. If I'll just speak the name of Jesus, if I'll just ask then Jesus can do work. So he looks at him and says, Jesus, will you remember me? That he asked from a place of admission of sin and he asked from a place of acknowledgement. And when we ask from a place where we're willing to admit our sin and acknowledge Jesus as God, then he remembers. The problem is, is I think some of us, we've asked but we haven't done it from a repentant heart. That, that maybe we've said the name of Jesus, but we didn't do it from a place where we were admitting sin. We didn't do it from a place where we're, we were acknowledging him as God. That, that, that my fear is, is that even, even this morning we were standing up and we were singing and we were mouthing something with our, we were saying something with our mouth, but we had no acknowledgement of it in our heart. That, that maybe at some point in your life that maybe you've raised your hand to Jesus at, at a church event or a revival or, or some concert. And you're like, yes, you raised your hand, but there was no admission or acknowledgement. See, I want to challenge us to ask, but to ask from a place of admission and acknowledgement. Because without those, then, then we're not really asking for anything. And I know that firsthand in my own life. I remember it was seventh grade. And I, and according to everybody else, I had asked, but I didn't. Here's what I mean. That, that if you know my story, we didn't grow up in church or anything like that. And uh, there, was a, a, there was a season in my life where my mom and dad got hot on Jesus. It lasted about two months. And, and they were all in the church. And I remember one Sunday they invited me to church. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm <clears throat> A little sick, right? Same excuse some of y'all have used. <laughs> but the next week, mom was like, no, you're going to church with me. So that morning I woke up, went to church, and got, got there and went to Sunday school. And I was in middle school, so I went to the middle school Sunday school class. And I sat down, and they taught some kind of lesson. I have no clue what, it, what they said. But we got to the end of it. And, and my guess is they kind of saw, you know, fresh blood in the water. And they were like, hey, new kid in the class. Everybody bow your heads and put your heads down on your desk. Now, for me, I thought we were playing heads up, seven up. Like, I don't know if you know that game or not, but, you know, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You with me, Chris? Like, I, I'll just do what they say. And then they asked this. They said, if you don't know where you would spend eternity if you died today, raise your hand. Well, I don't even know what eternity is. I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I raised my hand. They come up and tap me on the shoulder, and two guys kind of take me to a classroom, and they start saying something. I'm guessing they were telling me about Jesus. And they talked, and I just sat there and kind of nodded my head and was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And they're like, all right, and then let's pray about it. All right, I bowed my head. They said some kind of prayer, and we were done. 
And I walk downstairs, and I'm heading to church. And as I'm heading to church, and I get into the auditorium, all of a sudden, my mom comes running down the aisle. Like, she must have turned Pentecostal all of a sudden, okay? Like, she's running, her arms are flailing, all right? And she's like, oh, I just heard, I just heard. I said, you heard what? She goes, I heard you gave your life to Jesus. You're saved. You get to go to heaven. And I said, I did what? Like, literally, I, I did what? She was happy. I'm like, okay, mom, you know. And that was it. I didn't go back to church from that day until I was a junior in high school. Guys, I, I don't know what happened that day. I, I, I can tell you this. They might have said some things, and I might have nodded my head, but I, I did not ask Jesus to save me from a place where I was admitting my sin and acknowledging him as God. I was no closer to heaven that day than I was in the morning when I woke up. And my fear is that you might be here today and you might be in the same place. You're at church, but you're no closer to a relationship yet. My fear is some of you have been in church for 30 years and you're, and you're banking everything on a day where like, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of remember raising my hand. I kind of remember saying something, but it didn't come from a place of a repentant heart, of admission and acknowledgement. Now, listen, I'm not trying to get you to question your salvation because you might remember that day. You might remember that opportunity you had, and you might say, I remember, I asked Jesus to save me, and I did it from this place of admission of my own sin. Well, then praise God, walk with confidence. Walk with confidence. Because you know when I call on Jesus, he'll save. That's what scripture teaches. Romans chapter 10 says it this way. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That, that, that it is one of those things where I say, I'm going to ask. I'm going to use my mouth to confess and ask out of a place of admission of guilt. Admission of sin. I'm going to acknowledge him. And, and listen. This is for everyone. Some of you are thinking, yeah, that's great, but that's for the person who got it all together. No, look at the next verse. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, which means anyone. And that's why the criminal over here, a guy who deserves to die, said, Jesus, will you remember me? And Jesus from the cross said, I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So I ask you this question. How is your relationship with Jesus? Do you have confidence in it? I want you to. And I said in 25 minutes, I was going to make a bold ask. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Because I know that there's some of you in this room who have never said yes to Jesus. You've never asked Jesus 
to remember you, to save you, to be in a relationship with you. So I want you today to ask from a place where you're willing to admit your sin and acknowledge him as God. There's some of you in the room right now who maybe you did that in the past, recent past or long time ago past. But you're, you know, just, you're just like, I, I'm just not for sure. Like if I did it from a repentant heart, I don't want you to leave here without clarity. I don't want you to leave here without clarity. So I'm gonna make it real simple today. And again, we don't do it this way often at church, but, but I wanna make it real simple. Not from a place of emotion, but just from a place of truth. That if, if you want a relationship with Jesus, then today is the day. And I'm gonna ask you, even before we start singing, I'm gonna ask you to get up from your chair and to walk over to the prayer corner. Roy is there right now. Terry is there. Deb is there. And they want to they wanna receive you. They want to ask you a question. And again, I don't want it to be like me in seventh grade going, I don't even know what they're doing. I'm going to be real clear. They're going to look you in the eye. They're going to say, are you ready to acknowledge Jesus? They're going to ask, are you ready to admit that you have sinned? And they're going to ask, are you ready to ask Jesus to be your Savior? And they're going to pray with you. It's going to be real simple and real clear. So if you're ready to do that, again, I don't want you to wait. I want you to go right now. I want you to get up from your chair. I want you to walk over there. And I want you to pray with them. I want you to go. And we've had people at every service all weekend long. And if that's you, I want you to get up. Don't worry about the people around you. All right? They'll let you go through because they want to celebrate that with you and encourage that. So if you never have, or if you're really like, I'm just not for sure, you get up. Anyone? Ready to respond. Amen. And here's what happens. When you respond, and please, if somebody else needs to, just do it, but I'm gonna wrap up and just say this, that, that what you're doing is you're speaking the name of Jesus. And let me just say this, when you speak the name of Jesus, everything changes. When you speak the name of Jesus, darkness diminishes. Addictions fall. Depression gets dealt with. When you speak the name of Jesus over your life, over your family, over your kids, things change. Paradise comes in and he enters into a relationship with you. So if you need that today, go over there. I'll be over there. Our prayer counselor's there. We're going to sing this. We're going to speak the name of Jesus over this place, over your lives, over your families, over your schools, over this community, because I want Jesus to bring paradise here on earth, and I want him to bring it into your life. So join with us, and let's speak the name of Jesus.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.